Why take one vacation with the family when you could take all of them? With Royal Caribbean, you don't just go to the beach. You visit a private island and race down the tallest water slide in North America. You don't just go for a road trip. You ATV and zip line through the jungle. You don't just go somewhere new. You rappel down waterfalls and discover ancient temples. Because this isn't just any vacation. This is all the vacations. Come seek the Royal Caribbean. Ships Registry, Bahamas. Aaron Rodgers apparently has determined it's unrealistic for him to make a comeback this season. Or so it sounds. Anyways, we don't have the official word, but that is what it sounded like today on the Pat McAfee show. Jonathan Zaslow in the saddle tonight for Ian Fitzsimmons. Yo, yo. Hello, Zaslow. You can find him at Zaslow's show. You can find me as well at Amber W Sports. Amber and Ian is presented by Progressive Insurance. Insurance for motorcycles, boats, and RVs. For protection on the road and on the water, see how much you can save. 1-800-PROGRESSIVE and at Progressive.com. So Aaron Rodgers has been toying with us for many, many weeks with this idea that he's going to be a medical miracle and come back at 40 years old from an Achilles injury in the same season in which he tore his Achilles, something that we haven't actually seen done before. And he was going to defy all odds. He was going to come back on Christmas Eve. It was a whole thing. And he's been alluding to it all along, Zazlo. We've seen him do the warm-ups on the sidelines. We've seen him in the headlines. We've seen him on the There's McAfee even a story out there. Tuesday. There's even a story out there this week where he, he was he was on the defensive scout team oh. and he made a, a one-handed interception. He was playing linebacker. What is that crap? Like, what? Seriously, what is that? What is that? I, I don't know. I completely forgot. Like, what? what is this story of Aaron Rodgers intercepting a ball at practice? What are we doing, Aaron? What know. are we trying to prove? How do we get that story, by the way? Why? What is? Rodgers, and I mean, I guess this maybe is what makes him so great because you have to be built different to play at that level, period. All of these dudes that make it to that level and gals that make it to the level of professional athlete as well, all of them build a little different, hyper, hyper competitive to a degree that most of us can't even potentially possibly relate to, right? Then you add the Hall of Fame caliber greatness to this, where he is, of course, a future Hall of Fame quarterback. And maybe you need a little extra something where you've got to break every boundary, every record. You need to have your name everywhere. You have to accomplish it all. Because I feel like Aaron Rodgers has, in fact, accomplished it all in his NFL career. And now he's just doing ridiculous things that don't even (laughs) make sense to me that I just don't even understand it. Because you're already so great. What do you... Like, what are you looking for? What kind of praise are you well, looking I, for? At this I mean, I, I think there's a lot of, you know, look at me, talk about me. I'm right over here. You know, even though even though I'm, I'm not going to be playing right now, I'm still here. Please talk about me still. And and we've been falling for the rope-a-dope. You know, now, now, me personally, I've had a hard time believing that he was going to return from this injury. But we've been falling for the rope-a-dope. There was even a date. It was this Sunday. Christmas Eve, he's going to return week 16. And, and just the part that's weird to me is that it only – now, we don't even necessarily have confirmation, but when he joined the Pat McAfee show today, Aaron Rodgers Tuesdays, it, it, it certainly sounded like he, he is not going to return. And so after all this talk, it's just five days prior, five days prior to when th- this supposed you know return date, this soft return date – Five days prior was when I was like, yeah, you know what? I'm, I'm actually not even close. Yeah. He said he's not even – it's unrealistic at this point. I'm, unrealistic. I'm, I'm still very close to my 
my surgery. I mean, it hasn't been that long, guys. It's unrealistic. It was almost, I felt like he was almost like, of course, of course, of course I'm not coming back. Yeah, I mean, it's, it's insane. Me. It's insane for you to think I'm coming back. It's totally unrealistic for me to come back right now. Here is Aaron Rodgers, the Jets quarterback on the Pat McAfee show, explaining that he doesn't actually plan on playing this season after all. If I was 100% uh, today, um, I'd be definitely pushing to play. Um, but fact is I'm not I've been working hard to uh, to get closer to that but I'm still you know 14 weeks uh, tomorrow from my surgery and uh, you know being medically cleared uh, as 100% uh, healed is just uh, not realistic at uh, at 14 weeks it was never realistic it was never realistic nobody expects you to come back at 14 weeks I, I just don't get what the song and dance the whole time was I'm not critical of him not coming back it's the right decision I, I don't get I don't get the wasting of our time. I wonder how process. Jet fans feel though, because it, it, it uh, if I were a Jet fan, it's the only thing you've been able. To, now I understand the Jets at one point in the season were four and three. It's been a disaster since then. But the only thing you've been able to hold on to for the last couple of months as a Jet fan is: Are we going to be within striking distance of a miracle wild card push the last few weeks? Because Aaron Rodgers is anyone who is in earshot. Anyone who is willing to listen, if you, maybe you've lost all your hearing, but if you could hear just a little bit, he's going to make sure that you can hear he's coming back. And so I, I wonder if Jet fans are annoyed with that because the way he tells you today that he's really not even close, it sounds like he's been messing with everyone. Mm-hmm. It does. Of course, it sounds like he's been messing with everyone, and that's exactly what he has been doing. He's been messing with everybody, and he's also been messing with his team in the process. And that's what I hate about this, because I understand we're getting Aaron Rodgers' team guy, ultimate team guy. He's out there. He's on the headset. He's vocal. He's saying all the right things about Zach Wilson. Meanwhile, he's also out there in the pregame next to Zach Wilson, throwing unnecessary footballs, dancing around, taking three-step drops when he doesn't need to be, and taking all the attention off of the dude who's actually tasked with getting it done, who's already having an unbelievable, diffi- an unbelievably difficult season, a trying season after what happened to him last season with this team. And oh, by the way, now all of a sudden you have to find yourself in a situation you didn't anticipate being with. And again, as the starter of this team so soon, you have no time to sort of settle into that role before I'm also breathing down your neck and reminding you constantly that I'm here. And, that and this it was is like that from the get-go, team. by the way. Like, it, it, it didn't morph into that. It was immediately, I'm still here, don't Mm -hmm. forget to talk about me. Right, and that's exactly, and I just, I don't see how that was helpful at all to Zach Wilson. I don't see how that was helpful at all to this Jets offense at any point. Aaron Rodgers, the Jets quarterback, from the Pat McAfee show earlier today, he also discussed his plans for his future. I don't think so. You know, I, I felt like when I came here that I got kind of a renewed passion and love for the game. And everything has been uh, amazing here. The people I've gotten to work with, the relationships I've gotten to form with my teammates, men and women that work here at One Jets Drive has, has been really special. I wanted, you know, at least two years. I feel like this year is kind of a lost year now that I only played a couple snaps and wasn't able to go out there and prove what I'm capable of and, and see uh, what we're capable of as a team. I don't think that next year will be my last year. With some of the things that, that I've learned over the last year, taking care of my body and, and surrounding myself with some, some great people who've been uh, helping me with my nutrition and my functional training at a, at a more acute level. Uh, I feel like I can play more years and I can be effective uh, into my 40s. I Amber, 
I don't think next year is going to go well for him. You know, <sighs> if he plays next year, and clearly he's going to, he's going to be two seasons away from the last time he played competitive football regularly, two seasons away at 40 years old. And let's not forget, I understand there's so much hype about Aaron Rodgers and how amazing the Jets were going to be this year, even though without him, and it's not a one-man show, it's the ultimate team game, and without him, they can't score a single touchdown. But a anyway, single touchdown. But anyway, the last time we saw Aaron Rodgers, he wasn't great in Green Bay. He mm-hmm. was not great. Matter of fact, they were pretty similar to this current Packer team that we see right now with Jordan Love. The Packers right now are, what are they, 6-8, and eight, I believe they are? Are they 7-7, seven 6-8, seven, and eight, one or the other? I don't have the top of my head. That was what they were last year. Remember, they had to win their last, you know, four or five games, whatever it was, to get to the postseason, and then they lost in Week 18 at home to Detroit, and they missed the postseason. The Packers are essentially the same this year with Jordan Love as they were last year with Aaron Rodgers. Now, you know, it's it's not exactly apples to apples, but do we believe the quarterback play that Jordan Love gives you? If you put that on the New York Jets, all of a sudden the Jets are a contender? I don't think so. No, uh, we don't. The Packers are sitting at 6-8, and eight, uh, 11th right now in the That's NFC. That's they And they're not, yeah, I mean, you're, you're, they're on the bubble, right? They're probably, you know, game not back. making, they're, right, they're a game back. They may not be making a postseason. It's the same situation that Rodgers was in last season. And everybody same. just expected that he was going to walk into this New York team because everybody was telling me that they were a quarterback away, that they were Super Bowl ready on both sides of the ball. They're Super Bowl ready. They just need the guy. And I can tell you maybe an elite quarterback was, away uh, that maybe it was maybe an elite quarterback away that's well, not what Aaron Rodgers is anymore well I don't even think that they're that I mean that's not what I've seen an elite quarterback still needs an O-line to play behind which is what I kept saying going into this season the names on this O-line aren't the problem it's the availability and it's the durability of this O-line that's been the problem since we entered this se- since before we entered this season I was sitting on first take arguing about this with Dan Orlowski before the season even kicked off about this Jets O-line anybody could have seen some of these problems coming at the New York Jets and it's not and yes Aaron Rodgers sure he would check down more quickly he would read the defenses more quickly it's not flawless he's 40 years old he ain't flawless under pressure by any means by any stretch when you pull the numbers not even close to to flawless under pressure and now he's had a lot of time off from this game I could see that attitude I think it's a good attitude it's a right attitude to have that Aaron Rodgers now plans to play more than just next season for New York but I could see that opinion changing if you're Aaron Rodgers if you have a really difficult season and at 41 it doesn't seem nearly as fun as it did at 39 we'll see what happens with the New York Jets next season, because we ain't seeing Aaron Rodgers, apparently, this season in a Jets uniform. Amber, there's no way. Yes, the Jets would certainly be better right now if Aaron Rodgers were playing this year, but there's no way, and people would would have had you believe that Aaron Rodgers and this New York Jets team was a Super Bowl contender. There is no way you go from Aaron Rodgers and your team is a Super Bowl contender to take him off the team and you can't score points. There... the gap in between is it's too way big. too large. I agree way with you. Way too large. Way too large. Amber and Ian is presented by Progressive Insurance. Insurance for motorcycles, boats, and RVs. For protection on the road and on the water, see how much you can save. 1-800-PROGRESSIVE and at Progressive.com. You can always join into the conversation here on Amber and Ian. If you got a take on Aaron Rodgers, 888-SAY-ESPN. Coming up next is going from four to 12 teams good or bad for the college football playoffs. We'll get into the state of college football.
This podcast is proud to be supported by Jets Pizza, the number one pick in Detroit-style pizza. Why? It's simple. Jets is better. With the thickest, crispiest, cheesiest Detroit-style pizza in the country, there's no competition. Right now, get $5 off any eight-corner pizza with code 8SAVE. That's the number eight, S-A-V-E. Go to jetspizza.com to learn more and find a location near you. Again, try Jets' signature eight-corner pizza and get $5 off with code 8SAVE. That's the number eight, S-A-V-E. Jets Pizza. Better because it has to be. We all know breakfast is an important part of your day. But sometimes when you're traveling for business, you end up staying at a hotel that doesn't offer any. You know what happens? You grab a cup of coffee and skip the meal entirely. We've all been there. But if you book a room at La Quinta by Wyndham, you can enjoy their free bright side breakfast featuring delicious baked goods, fruit, eggs, yogurt, and waffles. And really, who doesn't want to start their day with a fresh, hot waffle? Tonight, La Quinta, tomorrow you shine. Book direct at LQ.com. You let Home Depot help you get projects done right. Yeah. With Bayer Premium Plus interior paint. You strike me as the kind of guy who does a lot of DIY. Listen, Just very I'm, masculine, manly, rugged. You got your hands on some saws and tools. When I walk into the Home Depot, it's, it's like I'm home. <laughs> I think one of us has spent a little bit more time than the other in Home Depot, frankly. And it ain't you that I'm talking about. So, yes, go check out Bayer. Bowl season is here. Something Zazla knows a little bit more about. Uh, theroofclaim.com Boca Raton Bowl is Thursday. ESPN radio coverage starts at 7.30. And don't forget, you can also hear the college football playoff right here on ESPN radio. So let's talk about these college football playoffs on January 1st. Zazla, we're just about a couple of weeks away from this thing. And boy, was there some serious controversy as we headed into the college football playoffs. I guess it's behind us now, but we know an undefeated Florida State didn't make it in. A one-loss Georgia team that lost barely to Alabama in neutral territory in the SEC championship did not make it in. And so now you've got four other teams that are in the mix and a lot of other fan bases that are upset, and none of this is going to be a problem next year. No matter what happens here, no matter who is crowned out of these four, next year all of those teams would be in it because we're going to have an expanded college football playoffs. Is it good for college ball? Can I let me ask you something here? Do you think if if this year was the start of the twelve team playoff, would FSU have gotten one of the four, top four seeds? Yes. Oh, top four seeds. Yeah. Oh, yeah. that's interesting from a seeding perspective. You know, you get no, the buy essentially. Would they have been top four? Right. I guess not. If we were in the twelve team playoff. Although, if you win, isn't it? Oh, gosh, now I have to pull up. I don't have it in front of me. There is like a, a layout that if you win, is it if you win your conference? If you win a power five, then you automatically get the buy. So they win the ACC. So they would have gotten right, the buy off got, of that. Yeah, but that's the same thing this year. You still got, although I guess the, the conferences are all changing and what have you. you know, right. Everything's changing. But I believe, and I don't have it, like I said, I, I need to try to pull it up in front of me. But I believe that the rules are such that they would automatically get a buy for winning the. ACC anyways. But in theory, these were still all conference champions. These were still Power 5 conference champions, and one of them was left out in FSU. So, like, would they have been top four, you know, probably number four, would they have been top four this year? And, you know, 
I guess take your pick. Texas would have been number five. Whoever, whoever it was, could have been anyone. Right. I don't know. Would no, FSU have been top four? Would they have ranked Bama ahead of FSU? Is really the conversation. And apparently, yes. I mean, apparently, apparently so. I don't know again if it matters because yes, FSU won the ACC, and so it's a whole different ball game now as we move forward. But I think really the long and the short of it is no matter where the seating would have worked out, and I'm sure there will be controversy moving forward because of that seating. Absolutely. Well, that's what the new controversy. Have. Right, not getting in or not not getting in or not getting in. It's getting the buy is the new controversy, right? Well, I don't know. So team 13, 14, 15 are going to be mad. Right? No, you, you I mean, there's going to be can't, some can't controversy in the back end. About, no, you can't cry and moan if you didn't get top twelve to get into the playoff. You can't do. It. Nobody's going. Nobody is going to hear that that uh, argument. You can't. You can cry about not getting the top four. An undefeated team was just left out. You can't cry about, we deserve to be number 12. Nobody wants to hear it, Amber. That's not. Nobody does want to hear it. We're still going to end up hearing it. It's just the reality of the situation. But there will be controversy when it comes to the seeding. There could still be controversy with an undefeated team being left out of that seeding. And certainly you're still going to run into problems with that. But what we won't do is be in a situation where they can't even then take what they've been handed and proved themselves on the field. There was some talk about let's make Florida state versus Georgia part of the college football playoffs, right? Because if we make that the third game, we're just doing it on the fly in the first round. There was that talk. There was that talk, and I, I it, was it's not a crazy th- person convention. Where was this talk? But I mean, it, if you were able to do it, it would make sense, right? Because those are the two teams that got screwed here and got left out of this college football playoff picture, where you could argue very strongly for either of those two teams having I mean, been look, included I, I in this four. I, look, I, I don't think Georgia got screwed. You know, uh, but essentially because I don't believe in the whole it's the four best teams, not the four most deserving teams. Like, I think it should be four most deserving teams. And in that case, Georgia didn't win their conference championship. So, you know, the way that I see it, I don't think Georgia got screwed. But Alabama lost to Texas at home by double digits. I don't I don't think you should be in a college football playoff if that's the case. I think it's a lot less embarrassing what Georgia did in the SEC title game, arguably so, right? And, and frankly, far more remarkable when you take the overall body of work over two seasons. I get that's mm-hmm. not what we're doing here. Georgia got screwed because of when they lost. It's the same thing that we were talking about with the NFL MVP, right? Like Brock Purdy, everyone's forgotten now with Brock Purdy about that three-game slide that he had where he did not at all look like an NFL MVP because of when it happened in the season. So you're aided by that. When you do the losing later in the season, all of a sudden everybody remembers and it's top of the mind. That's yeah, what's but the happening losing here in the college in the season, football playoffs. Though, yeah, but the losing later in the season there, Amber, with Georgia, is like Georgia lost the playoff game. They lost the conference champs. That's a playoff game. Well, it's, it's not lo- your. It's not your regular not season loss came. Well, I, yeah, I, I get that, but it's not that your regular season loss came late instead of early, and so you're getting crushed for it. They essentially lost a playoff game. They lost a championship game. But that should be less embarrassing. It should be less embarrassing to lose to, to the other about. team that won their division than it is to lose a regular season yeah. game. Like Nothing it, to be embarrassed about. Georgia would be in this thing had they lost early in the season in a regular season game to a lesser opponent. Instead, they're not in it because they lost in a championship scenario with an Alabama team that at that point was full strength and fully clicking. If they had met Alabama earlier in the season in a regular season scenario and lost to them there, they would have been golden. And see, that's the weird thing about 
only having four teams in the college football playoffs, which is why expansion's necessary. I just like the idea of them being able to figure it out on the field because we can have these arguments till we're blue in the face about who's more deserving or who's best. Now we don't have to have those arguments anymore because at least they'll, yes, the seating will matter fine, but at the end of the day, you're going to have an opportunity to take care of business and it's hard to argue against it. That's okay, but it's also hard to argue against it when you lose because you didn't get the first round by because your seating wasn't, you know, where it should have been. It's like, okay, but just don't lose, right? At least you had the opportunity to play the game. Right now, if she doesn't even have that chance. All right, so I want to circle back to the beginning, though. If, if this was next year, is FSU number four? So I, from what I'm reading, it's the top four seeds will receive a first round by those are reserved for the highest ranked conference champions. Mm-hmm. So you're still going to end up with the same problem moving forward from the seeding. So yes, FSU probably would not have gotten a first round by in this scenario and they would be know. in the college football playoffs, but they probably wouldn't have gotten the buy. And so there would have been controversy as far as that goes, seating five through 12 will be filled by the remaining eight highest ranked teams. I'm more in inclined to think I'm, I'm more inclined to think they'd have got, they, they would get a top four if it was a 12 team playoff this year. They, they would reward them for being undefeated. And, you know, it could be Texas or Alabama for that matter, who, yeah, you're in, but you're not getting top four. FSU was undefeated. I'm I mean, more inclined I- to believe they would get it. I would have put them top four in this scenario, but I also would have had them in a college football playoffs. And I'm saying that as a Gators fan. So certainly I need to understand what you're saying there. I just don't have much faith in the committee generally because of what the committee did. The, it does allow seating five through 12. It does allow for two conference champions. And of course those eight highest ranked teams, but there will be controversy moving forward about the seating. The controversy won't be though teams getting completely left out. ESPN rolls on on the ESPN. ESPN app. Hi, it's Mike Greenberg letting you know ESPN Bet is ready to take you through all the biggest sports moments this spring. The official sports book of ESPN has exclusive offers and markets from Scott Van Pelt, Stephen A. Smith, and me, plus many more. From the playoff intensity to finally getting out to the ballpark, there's no better time for sports fans. Sign up today. New users get a bet reset up to $1,000 in bonus bets if your first bet doesn't win. Download ESPN Bet today. What a play. Must be 21 plus and present in select states. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Terms and conditions apply. See app for details. Why take one vacation with the family when you could take all of them? With Royal Caribbean, you don't just go to the beach. You visit a private island and race down the tallest water slide in North America. You don't just go for a road trip. You ATV and zip line through the jungle. You don't just go somewhere new. You rappel down waterfalls and discover ancient temples. Because this isn't just any vacation. This is all the vacations. Come seek the Royal Caribbean. Ships Registry, Bahamas. The big deal tonight, and we're going to get to big deal and not a big deal in just a moment. The big deal tonight has been the return of John Morant, Jonathan Zaslow, the Grizzlies right now playing the New Orleans Pelicans. They are in the fourth quarter about 11 minutes left in the fourth quarter. John Morant. Yeah, he's having a game. 26 minutes he's played so far. 20 points, four boards, six assists. He's been missing for 25 games because of that suspension. It's been a long time since he's played for the Grizz and kind of looks like he hasn't missed much of a beat at all. Yeah, I mean, but the the overall point is uh they're going to wind up losing this game. Well, I mean, they're down 13, 10 minutes left. But if they lose this game, they drop to 6-20 mm-hmm. on the season. 
even getting back uh, an all NBA type player like John ja Morant, you can't recover from six and twenty. It's you're, you're way too far behind it at this point of the season. So it's it's going to go down as a lost season. So yes, John ja Morant is back. That's exciting for Grizzlies fans. They're going to get to watch him on a nightly basis now, but it still completely has torpedoed their season. Yeah, it gives them something to watch, I guess. Yeah. Uh, the New Orleans Pelicans right now leading the Memphis Grizzlies 93-80. to But John Morant is the leading scorer for the Grizz tonight. Again, 20 points so far in this game. Also, a big deal, Jonathan Zasla right now, our Florida Gators leading Michigan, 104-98 to in second OT. Looks like they're going to get it done. That's the basketball game I have on my screen. Let's get to big deal, not a big deal. It's making headlines. Extra, extra, read all about it. But is it a big deal or not a big deal with Amber and Ian? Yes, I'm, I'm good at this. James, is it a big deal that you have two Gators fans, two yeah. Heat fans, two Dolphins fans together on this show tonight? How yeah, do you feel about it? None of that's a big deal. Oh, it's very big deal. <laughs> I don't think any two of that's Panthers a big deal. Two Panthers fans. You oh. don't. You, do you even name oh, one Panther? Teams. All right. Uh, let's do big deal, <laughs> not a big deal. A very unique. Uh, she does a great roar, a great Panther growl. I do, actually. This is a very, very unique. Um, a feature that we do. Nobody else does it. Um, I That's came up with it true. all myself. Uh, Jeff McClain uh, from the Philadelphia Inquirer covers the Eagles for them. Tweeted this about a half hour ago. In case there's any uncertainty about which coach will handle the Eagles defensive coordinator news conference this week, it will be the guy in charge of the defense, Matt Patricia, and not the, quote, defensive coordinator, Sean Desai. Wow. From what I understand, Desai answered questions last week, even though he was no longer in charge. Although most of the questions were about the previous game that ultimately led Nick Sirianni to demote him. Uh, and it's all in the name of, quote, competitive advantage that apparently the Eagles didn't capitalize on. Or did it matter at all, is what he, uh, Jeff McClain, tweeted. Uh, Zaz, big deal, not a big deal that uh, things are just, there's something going on there with the defense in uh, Philadelphia. I'm going not a big deal, completely meaningless. Completely meaningless which guy, which defensive coach talks to the media. It only matters which what the defensive coaches are doing in the meetings and what the players, granted, has not been great lately. They gave it up at the end of the game last night, and the previous two games, the defense was horrific, which, of course, has led to some type of change involving Matt Patricia. But as far as who comes out and talks to the media, not a big deal, completely meaningless. I think this is a big deal because I do agree with James that I think it shows some weirdness going on with Philadelphia generally. I mean, if there was a way to criticize the Eagles off of the Super Bowl, people were upset with the defensive side of the ball, right? And then you write into this, you roll into this season. And I think, frankly, no one's talking about also the change at OC clearly matters as well. But defensively, they clearly have felt like there's a disconnect there. What I don't understand about this is why leave the DC in place and say, oh, Matt Patricia is just calling the plays. The whole thought, my whole thought process when they announced this was, okay, this feels messy, but also they're trying to throw something against the wall and see if it sticks. Maybe they're trying to get that spark and they're thinking if Matt Patricia's on the field, then fine, we'll have the DC up in the booth, whatever, whatever. However, it didn't work. So then at that point, why would you be trotting Patricia out to the media and like just name Matt Patricia the defensive coordinator then if that's what we're doing? But I don't really understand why you would do that at this point during the season when also having Patricia 
called defensive plays didn't actually change the win-loss column there for the Eagles as they still lost to the Seahawks on the biggest stage you can get on Monday night. All right, up next, the uh, new in-season tournament championship banner unveiled by the Lakers on Monday night. Won't be mistaken for the NBA title totems that dot the rafters at Crypto.com Arena, but it's something the team is proud of in its own right. Quote, I think it's great for the organization, Coach Darvin Ham said before the Lakers lost to the Knicks 114-109 last night. Obviously, the tournament is something that's going to be around. It's only going to get bigger and better. I think it's really, really cool that we're doing that, especially being the first to win the inaugural in-season tourney. The Lakers players paused pregame warm-ups for a brief ceremony about 20 minutes prior to tip-off and a video tribute featuring highlights from LA's 7-0 uh, run through the tournament, culminating in a championship win over the Pacers in Las Vegas just over a week ago, was played on the video board. Amber, big deal, not a big deal. The Lakers' uh, in-season tournament banner. Uh, it shouldn't be a big deal. I don't think it's a big deal. I think people are making a big deal out of this thing, and it's stupid, frankly. First of all, the banner is its smaller than their world champion banners, and certainly they won it. But the reason that I don't think it's a very big deal, Zaslo, is because I think that there's going to be a lot of teams moving forward in the future that end up hanging this banner. And I think in a few years, it won't seem weird at all. It's just this inaugural one, I guess, that seems weird. I think in 10 years from now, it would seem weird if they didn't have the banner hanging up when they won the in-season tournament because I do think that this thing matters to the players. Obviously, they played pretty hard for it this season. It clearly matters a whole hell of a lot for the NBA. And because of that, I think you're going to end up with an increased importance of this thing as time goes on. You'll end up with an individual television contract just for this thing that will increase the importance of this thing. All of it means in the future, these banners will matter. I don't think it's a big deal at all that they will have theirs hanging like every Everybody else will 10 years down the road. Totally. I agree. I think it's not a big deal. I like that they hung it up. I dig it. I think it also helps the league that it was the Lakers that won the first one. Because, yes, while you're right, I think we're going to look back in five, six, seven, eight years from now like, oh, wow, look, they, they've got a couple of those banners. They've won this tournament a couple of times, and it adds some prestige to it. I think it helps that it's the Lakers because – I don't know, pick, pick any you know middling team or team that hasn't had success in the league. And if they would have won it, you may be busting on them. You're like, ah, oh, that's because you, you, you never won anything else. You're losers. You're putting up your, your December banner. But it's the Lakers that did it. So there's, there's a prestigious element to that. So I'm going not a big deal. I like that they added it. All right. This morning on... Unsportsmanlike. Ooh, good show. They had a uh, they had Udonis Haslam. I, I'm contractually obligated to talk about the Heat. I guess whatever you guys oh, are both on the show. <laughs> and uh, uh, Evan Cohen, a big fan of the Heat and Udonis Haslam, uh, thanked was thanking UD as he called him. Evan uh, Cohen's favorite player, I think, in yep. Heat history, right, yep. Zaslow? Yeah, he loves UD. So he was thanking him for being on the show, and. This is how it went. UD, this was awesome. Thank you so much for the time. Best of luck on the podcast, and hopefully we can speak again in the future here. We'd love to do it. Thank you, on, um, Thank you, Michelle. Thank you, guys. <laughs> All right, there is Udonis Haslam. All right, hold on, what? hold on. That was a great interview. I enjoyed it, even though I can't stand the heat. But and did he did. get your name wrong? Did he get my name wrong? <laughs> what did yeah. he say? He said Michelle. Oh, I, called, he I, said my called, name. I think he called you Owen. We, we isolated that here. Um, the, just take, a, take another quick listen. Thank you, Owen. Um, 
Big deal, not a big deal that uh, Udonis Haslam, who is apparently Evan Cohen's favorite player of all time, uh, didn't know his names as. Okay, well, I'm 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 going both here. I'm going not a big deal from Udonis's perspective because look, it's difficult to know everybody's name. You're on a bunch of shows. He doesn't have to know their names, all right. But so it's not a big deal coming from Udonis. But it's a big deal from Evan's perspective. Evan loves the Heat. Evan's all-time favorite player is Udonis Haslam. Evan even said that if he knew they were having UD on the show this morning, he would have worn his Udonis Haslam jersey. He's a grown man, Amber, who would have worn a jersey on live television. I mean, think about that. And then for Udonis. Now, look, this has happened to me too, all right? You hate when the guest, especially someone you love and respect, then gets your name wrong. And so this happened to Evan, and UD calls him Owen, Owen and Michelle every morning, unsportsmanlike. Uh, that's a little bit embarrassing. you got to be honest. I felt bad for my guy Evan there. So not a big deal and a big deal. Okay, so if he actually calls him Owen, then I think it's a big deal and hilarious. Thank because you, it's crushing Owen. His... Um, Here's the thing you, about Owen. it. Um, I don't know if he's actually calling him Owen or if he's just sort of not saying Evan properly. Because, I mean, this happens to me all the time. I mean, all the time on here. I try to say a word or a name and it comes out of my mouth You could tell he was kind of caught up in the air a little bit, you know? Right. So that's what I wonder. I wonder if he's actually, is he intending to say Owen or is he intending Uh, to say Evan and just kind of got caught in the moment? If he was intending to actually say Owen... Then it's absolutely funny because imagine you're Evan Cohen he loves and him. you probably spend your whole life dreaming of one day, like all of us have, of getting to ESPN radio, right? And you have the marquee show, the morning Prime show Real that every State. every little kid spends their whole life dreaming. Well, every little kid back in our day, uh, I'm not sure little kids are still dreaming about radio, <laughs> but when we were growing up and we were dreaming about being on sports radio and you make it, you make it there, Zaslow, and you get to talk to your favorite player of yep. all time. He loves him. And then he calls you Owen. Uh, d- In listen, front of a national audience. It's definitely <laughs> Owen. Listen. Owen. That's Owen. He's calling him Owen. Yeah, I think he's calling him Owen. Owen Cohen every morning. Great guy. <laughs> he, he, uh, he, he offered to change Owen his name Owen Cohen's Owen. a pretty good name, actually. He said if if Udonis Haslam called him Owen, he was changing his name to Owen, which is kind of weird. But I think Owen Cohen. Well, maybe that's. I feel like that's what UD was doing, though. I feel like he was caught up in the Cohen and the Evan, and he mixed the two. <laughs> that's what was happening there. I'm giving him the benefit of the doubt. I'm helping Evan out <laughs> so we don't crush his hopes and dreams. It's so good. We done, Owen. James. <laughs> I think. What, I think. Hold on, good. one more time. Oh. Owen. Oh. All right. Yeah, I'm done. <laughs> oh, I'm listening to it live this morning, and, and I'm so happy. I love hearing you, D, and, and I'm so happy for Evan because I, I, know, I know how much he loves him, and, and, and I could feel it in my, in, my, in my core. I could feel it for Evan where, oh, my God, they're, they're not going to let it go. They're definitely going to say, I think he called you Owen, and then, of course, that's exactly what happened there. Well, it and Evan – Evan played the game. What? What? What do you call me? What do you oh, mean? Oh, he heard. Oh, Belie- what? What? He heard. He, he heard. knew. He knew. He yep. knew. He we knew. know what game you're playing. That's there, a tough Evan. spot. What, what do you say? You messed up my name. What are you talking about? It'd probably next. be probably like the Simpsons when um, you can see Ralphie's uh, heartbreak. 
You'd actually point if you go back to the video, you can point out where Evan's heart broke. I think Evan's gonna have his birth certificate changed. I would not put it past him. I, I Owen Cohen, honestly. Owen Cohen, sa- Owen Cohen sounds like a great sports talk it's host. It's great. Owen name. Cohen it's a, mornings. It's a better Owen Cohen is absolutely a better sports radio name than Evan Cohen. So maybe you did just handed him a gift. Coming up next here on Amber and Ian, uh, we. With Jonathan Zaslow filling in for Ian tonight. Aaron Rodgers, apparently, he's not making it back this season. We've got a lot to unpack from the NFL weekend. We'll get into all things next. ESPN Radio is on the ESPN app. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Mother's Day is around the corner. Find the perfect gift for the mom in your life with a stunning piece of jewelry from Blue Nile. From timeless pearls to dazzling gemstones, Blue Nile has something she'll adore. Need it fast? Most items can ship overnight. Plus, enjoy guaranteed free shipping and returns. Don't miss our special Mother's Day deals. Save big on the season's most beautiful trends. For a limited time, get up to 50% off by going to BlueNile.com. That's BlueNile.com. Memphis Grizzlies New Orleans Pelicans game has ended up being a lot closer. Yeah. Then maybe we thought it was going to be here on the night of John Morant's return. Jonathan Zaslow, he's been yep. filling in for Ian Fitzsimmons tonight. ESPN Radio is presented to you by Progressive Insurance. So the New Orleans Pelicans right now up 108 to 107 in the fourth. Uh just over three minutes left in this thing. Three sixteen left in this thing. Jaw's been balling out, Zaz. I mean, I, yeah. I've got to hand it to him. Twenty-five game suspension. You're coming back from. You're walking into a Grizzlies team that is sitting at six and nineteen. It's a very, very different Grizzlies team than the one that you last played with when you were last able to play. He's put up what twenty-seven points. He's got twenty-eight right now. Oh, yeah, 28. so twenty-eight in his season debut. But you also got to remember this is where the NBA also. You know, they, they, they did him a solid here by allowing him to practice every day with the team. The only, the only time he was not allowed to be with the team was, you know, whatever it is, like 90 minutes before game time, he has to leave the arena and he cannot return. Otherwise, he's allowed to be with the team. If he had to be away in all capacities, I don't think you're getting this performance. You know, no. the fact that he's been able to practice with them on a daily basis, yeah, like there's no – there was no reason for – any, any kind of ramping up, you know, get out there and play. You're super fresh. You haven't played yet this year, you know, and you've been practicing with us. So he's a great player. We really shouldn't well, be surprised. Well, and they were ramping him up, not like it was coming back from injury, but ramping him up in the last couple of weeks, knowing that now he was going to be in the starting rotation. So it's, it's why he was able to just get back out straight into the starting rotation, not from a... I would imagine anyways, not from a conditioning perspective. That wasn't the concern because he's been practicing this whole time. But from a chemistry perspective, from a game plan perspective, right? He wasn't in the starting lineup for so long with this Grizzlies team, but they were able to just slide him right back into the starting lineup 
because he was able to be with his team and be there for practice and be there for shoot around. He just wasn't allowed to be there for the act. He was even allowed to travel with them. He just wasn't there for the actual game time in the arena. So now John Morant is, he is in fact back. He is making a game of things against the Pelicans. The Pelicans were ahead by 13, 15, whatever it was uh, just a few minutes ago. So the Grizzlies certainly making a case here on John Morant's return. Let's talk about the Dallas Cowboys, though, switching oh, to the, the NFL. Because, yes, love I love the Cowboys. Not this week, though. Settle down. Not this okay, week. So this, this week, is I really, hate the Cowboys. This is a really interesting scenario, all right, folks, because Amber Wilson is a Dolphin fan. Loves the Dolphins. Dolphins and Cowboys this weekend. Huge game. It's an historic game, actually, as well, because no time has it ever happened where two teams have faced each other in the NFL, both with double-digit wins, and have combined for this few victories, one against teams who have an over 500 record. That's the Cowboys. They have one of those wins. It was against the Eagles last week. The Dolphins have none of those wins. Never happened before. It's an historic matchup this Sunday afternoon. But anyway, this, this is the real story. Amber Wilson loves the Dolphins, but... She's also been on the Cowboys all year. Matter of fact, she made national headlines before the season started about thinking the Cowboys were going to be a major competitor to the Philadelphia Eagles in the NFC East. So this is really going to be a major test for Amber Wilson because I don't know anyone in my life that likes being right more than Amber Wilson. So are you putting your are you are you risking on is it on the line? You wanting to be right up against your heart and your heart wanting your favorite football team to win a big game. Which is more important, your brain and being right or your heart and winning? That's the stakes this Sunday. I don't think of myself as a particularly emotional woman. You've known me for many, many years, Jonathan Zaslow. I don't even think of myself as a particularly romantic woman, really, when right. it comes to matters of the heart. Right. I tend to think of myself as a more logical person, a more brain-dominant person, I suppose, realistic-type person. However, with this matchup on Sunday, brain December 24th heart. at 4.25 p.m., the heart wins. Good. Good answer. The heart Good wins. Answer. Good answer. I will, be, I will be rooting for the, the Miami wins. Dolphins. Love wins. Love wins, everyone. That's really, that's the moral of the story here. Love wins. James Steele, our producer, will not love me anymore if I don't get to this sound from Micah Parsons because he is so mad at me for skipping all sound bites that he puts on my screen. So let's go ahead and get to the Cowboys linebacker on his own podcast, the Edge Podcast, uh, blaming the media. What I understand is like everyone just waits for the Cowboys to lose. I saw multiple analysts, people who are fake analysts who somehow got jobs on TV saying, there goes your boy. Like it's almost to the point where it's like almost sick that they're waiting for a former players are waiting for other current players to fail. So that way they have something to talk about. It's like, oh, there he is. That's the person we've been waiting for. And it's like, why do you want a person to lose so bad? It seems that a lot of people are just waiting for people to fail. Thank you for throwing to sound. I appreciate it. You're welcome. That was the sound. Uh, I was just doing that for the benefit of James. I, I don't know what a fake know analyst fake is, analysts by the way. I, I want him to name some names. Who are these fake analysts? I right, because know. you're either an NFL analyst or you're not. Like, you're an analyst or you're not. Your employer makes that designation. It's, you I mean, know, maybe they're not it's, good. It's on your but byline. I, I want to know who the Fugazi <laughs> analysts are. I want him to name them. 
<laughs> they're just a, a fake analyst. These that's analysts. A, that's a fake analyst right there. All There's right, a lot you. of people that were doubting the Cowboys. It's why I've been on the Cowboys, frankly, all season long, because, yes, I had the audacity to suggest that the Cowboys would give the Eagles some stiff competition in that division that hasn't had a repeat champion in like 110 years. And here we are, lo and behold. But if the Cowboys take care of business, I mean, if the Eagles take care of business, rather, because the Cowboys ain't taking care of business, losing to my Miami Dolphins this weekend, uh, the, the heart, heart wins. The heart. The heart wins.